Hello and welcome to Climactic. We're coming to you from the Kathleen Sinus Center, this time for a roundtable discussion with three members here of the, now, straightaway terminology, is it the School Strike for Climate Organizing Team or the Climate Strike Organizing Team? Yeah, I think Climate Strike strike. Organizing Team. Excellent. Um, Long-time listeners will probably recognize some of the voices already. We do have some past and returning guests. Hello. (laughs) Hello, hello. (laughs) So we'll go around the room to my left. You want to just say hi and say who you are? Hi, it's Marco here. Um, yeah, you might have heard me at the start of the year after my Q&A performance, um, mm. being involved with School Strike and just finished school as well. Um, I'm Natalie. I'm a new uh, voice, I guess, to podcasts. Welcome, Natalie. <laughs> um, I'm from Uni Students for Climate Justice, and I've been like organising climate activism you know, kind of with university students for a while now. Um, I'm Fatma and I've been involved with School Strike for Climate, especially at the beginning of the year. And now I'm a uni student, so I'm trying to see where I fit in. <laughs> we all kind of go through those various phases and, and moments of growth. And, yeah. and kind of speaking of that, what a year this has been for kind of growth and change. Yeah. Um, so we've got something coming up at the end of this month on February Sorry, February. <laughs> My head is already into the new year, bring on 2020. On November 29th, uh, we'll get into what that is, but that's also nearly celebrating the one-year anniversary of mm-hmm. something, the, the very first school strike. Do you guys have any memories kind of of what November 30th, 2018 mm-hmm. looked like? It was so much smaller than what we see now. Yeah, but, but it was still amazing. Mm-hmm. I do remember thinking it was probably one of the coolest mm-hmm. events I had been to particularly because it was all school students. Um, There wasn't many other people besides from school students at that first one, and which created an awesome atmosphere and mood. And, yeah, but it was teeny. It was like, I think it was around 7,000 people. Um, So small. I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so maybe even less. It was was pretty small, but, Yeah. yeah, it has grown It was like a mini party. If you it really describe was. It. Yeah, it really was. And that was still on Parliament steps? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm. Remember the time, it felt still pretty big. And mm-hmm. when there's that march through the For streets sure. as well, it like, this is going to sound really obvious and dumb, but I mean, 7,000 people is still a lot of people yeah. to have in one area. <laughs> yeah. Which goes to show then just how crazy the numbers got yeah. progressively over the year. So we went from November 30th mm-hmm. to then the next strike. Was was that March in February? Is that March 15th. March 15th, yeah. yeah. And, and then th- September 20. Yes. Tell me about November 29th. So they've kind of been roughly happening eh, every quarter or so since then. Mm-hmm. What's the 29th about? Is it kind of to keep it momentum or is there something sort of we're, we're marking on that day? So November 29th, it's only a couple of days before the start of 
this the next COP, um, so COP25 in, mm-hmm. uh, it was in Chile, but due to the humanitarian crisis there now, it's been moved to Spain. And so it's really, it was called to put as much pressure as possible for that COP because we really don't have time and we have to be pressuring our politicians now. And this is probably the last COP that we can actually make proper change on. So, yeah. um, yeah, that was kind of the idea about November 29. And, yeah, so School Strike for Climate organi- has organised events all around um, Australia and in Melbourne. There's going to be two events happening, which should be awesome. And can we tell listeners a little bit about those two events? What are they and how can they get involved? Yeah, so um, <laughs> one, the, one of them is the one, the first one starting at 12pm. That's the big climate strike that will be starting at the State Library and will be marching through the city um, yeah, demanding particularly businesses get on board, particularly ones that are involved in the coal industry, such mm-hmm. as the Adani mine. We have a lot of those in the city. Yeah. <laughs> like they're all yeah, just on Collins really Street. Just, yeah, it's like a walk of shame. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then there'll be a the school strike for climate-led um, action will be happening at 2.30 at in front of Parliament, on Parliament steps, and it'll be a sit-down um, to hear from the people from the front lines of the climate crisis, particularly the fires, and raise awareness Mm -hmm. and, um, yeah, hear from the people already experiencing the hardship that's happening, um, and they'll also be raising funds Mm -hmm. for something. That's excellent, kind of like a a mass sort of storytelling Mm -hmm. event for the climate crisis. That's really cool. Do you know if that's the first time, it is the first one here in Melbourne that's been a a sit-down, and is that going to be in the roadway, do you know? Is that a traffic-blocking thing yeah can't say too much yet um just have to like (laughs) (laughs) um just have to figure out yeah there's they're still trying to figure out like how many people we're gonna get how Mm -hmm. that's gonna work logistically yeah um so yeah but i think if there's gets too many like too many people to stay on the steps it's probably gonna have to do that yep um however it's hard to tell at the moment yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. so the elephant in the room is a lot of you have just like finished up exams, like the school year's only barely ended. Are you just sort of diving into the organization of this kind of now, like as soon as like an exam's over, that's it, you're free, let's let's plan a strike kind of thing? Or I think Marco still has exams, yeah? Well, you... no, I actually finished my exam today. Oh, so congratulations. Nice. Um, it obviously won't be the day you hear this, but... <laughs> It'll be yeah. pretty soon, hopefully. Uh, Depending on how many early mornings it can do about anything. <laughs> yeah. Cool. So, um, yeah, finished today and felt amazing. Now mm-hmm. I can get down to some the work that I find really meaningful and important. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. One of the things, I guess, is like uni students for climate justice, like we aren't confined by the high school mm-hmm. sort of terms. Um, mm-hmm. And, well, I, my last assignment was due actually the day before September 20. <laughs> oh, so nice. <laughs> I've been able to spend, yeah, a bunch of time actually doing this sort of organising. That's something that we're able to kind of bring and help boost Mm-hmm. The movement is like, yeah, so while well, everyone, like, unfortunately, I guess, mm-hmm. had to do exams, like, yeah. we could take some of that time to put in the work initially to kick things off as well. Absolutely. that That's a good kind of pivot into what the uni student's role has been through the last year of the school strikes. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Fama, I know you're you're, you're newly at uni yeah. now, but you're still kind of, kind of <laughs> feeling it out. But Natalie is kind of our, our representative here <laughs> yeah. of the university student taking mm-hmm. climate action. What's it been like kind of watching the secondary school students for the last year? Has there been a bit of, like, ah, 
why are we doing that? Or, oh, they're doing it better than we could. Or how was it felt like? Oh, like exactly. And it's like the first like strike and stuff, it was like, this is the beginning of something like, where are we? Why aren't we? <laughs> but also like one of the things is like, most of you will be at uni yeah. eventually. So it's like, mm-hmm. it'd be ridiculous if there wasn't a space for high schoolers to come onto campuses and get involved. So from the very beginning, we were organising like contingents on our campuses mm-hmm. to come and join and big uni student contingents to go and join the, obviously September 20, but the beginning of the year in March as well. And mm-hmm. like, I'm at RMIT University mm-hmm. and we've had a really wonderful year actually talking to people because mm-hmm. everyone knows like people yeah. are studying environmental science and stuff like that mm-hmm. and they're just looking for a space to actually mm-hmm. channel mm-hmm. that so has it been difficult at all have, have there been any students who felt like oh we're, we're kind of there's enough within the school that you know we can do the fossil fuel free rmit like there's mm, a divestment yeah. campaign going there's mm. there's a lot of demands on university student time has there been like any kind of tension of like like has the turnout been essentially from from unis Really great. We've seen some of the biggest turnouts, actually, of university student activism in a while, really Mm. since, like, um, I guess 2014 against Tony Abbott. That was my first experience with activism. Um, Very worthy one. Yes, absolutely. Um, And actually having so many different environmental groups on the campuses, like Fossil Free, like Greening groups and stuff like that, we've all been able to come together. It's been this really cool Mm. cry where, like, we rally cry or whatever, where we kind of can all identify or whatever. Um, like at the September 20 RMIT, we got like 80 or 90 people to our contingent, but we got to, we like met up with Melbourne Uni as their contingent walked down Swanson Street and they had like 200, 300 people. It's like one of the biggest on-campus actions I've had in, I think over a decade um, in terms of getting contingents to things or whatever. And so it was just like, yeah, yeah it's like, okay, this is actually a real thing. Yeah. It's really happening and people are getting on board. And I think the best part about it being youth-led, everyone has fun. Mm-hmm. while doing like rallies so everyone even if a lot of people aren't very interested they just come in for the fun of it mm-hmm. and then end up staying so yeah, it's really nice really. Yeah. we have the best chance yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> C- can you give us a sample of one now for those of us who haven't heard oh, my two no, chance put me on spot. <laughs> oh this sorry this it feels, feels really bad to, like not... it's very hard to do it you because know it's, you're a, just, like... it's a soundproof room guys it's all right <laughs> no one else is gonna hear this it's like these little things like no I screamed right by like yeah. 200 people. <laughs> oh, there was the, um, I mean, there's the, the like renewable energy 100% tax the rich for every cent. Oh, I like that. There's the. Um, this is what democracy look, uh, yeah. looks yeah. like. That's mm-hmm. kind of swept yeah. the world. Um, it's been really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like the, um, we are unstoppable and yeah. now the world is possible. possible. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and then the mm-hmm. most basic one, what do we want? climate action when do we want it now Mm -hmm. when i was at the september 20 rally there was this little kid i think maybe four years old Mm. he was standing on a bench on the side and he was just screaming what do we want and the whole crowd as they were walking past would just scream at like turn to him and scream climate action and then he just continued the chants yeah it was so cute and then i gave him my microphone and he was really popular because i'm sure you can understand sometimes the crowd just gets tired and Mm. stops chanting (laughs) Mm. but because he was four everyone was just chanting with him. So it was awesome. down to cute yeah. four-year-old. Exactly. Yeah. It's a good tactic, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're not sure what to bring along to the school strike and you got a four-year-old lying around, yeah. um, they're always yeah. popular. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Good. Three-year-olds are good as well. That's, <laughs> that's David Attenborough's favorite um, aged human, actually. Oh, wow. <laughs> so. Reckons we get worse after that, eh? <laughs> 
Uh, but he hasn't been to a climate strike then. Oh. <laughs> well, I mean, how could you go to like these sort of actions and be like, oh, the youth, oh, you got to write them off. Like, <laughs> That's <actually> true. Like- <laughs> That's very true. Speaking about it, making it fun and making it like, you know, appealing to go to, even if you're not yet like over the fence and into taking action, I really wanted to ask you guys, as this is the fourth event of the year, how have you seen kind of new people join into the movement? What's been uh, successful in bringing people over the fence fully from being interested and being sympathetic to being engaged? And like, how, like, have you got any people in mind, examples of like someone who didn't know about it, maybe at all for the first one, totally missed it, knew about the second one, but didn't go and then went in September? Yeah, I have quite a few people who are like that. Um, I almost missed the first one in November 30. I wasn't actually part of the organising of it until... That's a weird like, parallel universe that Marco <laughs> Bellamo is not out the front I at the school know. strike. Yeah, it was... It was Yeah, so the first one I wasn't, March 15. After that one, definitely got full involved. But yeah. I do know other people, yeah, who, who we just didn't... weren't able to reach to, obviously, or who... Did, weren't quite um, understanding yet of why it was so important. Yeah, it's been a whole year of different actions and we've seen so many terrible things mm. happening this mm-hmm. year as well. It's mm-hmm. just getting worse and worse. I think it's becoming much more obvious mm-hmm. now how serious things are becoming. Yeah. The reports from the IPCC and then... It's the lived experience of so many of our fellow countrymen and women. Yeah, yeah. and then the lived experience. Um, mm-hmm. It's just becoming really obvious and I think yeah I hope everyone's coming because of those reasons and all the others um but mm-hmm. um also because it's youth and school students there are indefinitely people who come because they want to take that day off mm-hmm. <laughs> but hopefully they're doing it for the coming for, with the right intentions and yeah, yeah. sure they are and it's also become really normal. Like when mm. I was trying to campaign for March fifteenth, a lot of time, a lot of the times, I would just go around and ask people, "Have you heard of the climate strike?" Mm-hmm. And like two out of three people would not have. Yeah. But now it's just a normal thing. Like, hey, you going to the climate strike? It's happening, you know, mm. next month. And I'd be like, oh, okay, yeah. Like it's just super normal now. Mm. So I think that helps a lot as well. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's like the word of the year, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Collins Dictionary, I think. Yeah. Shout Ooh. out to Collins Dictionary. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes to the dictionary, no to the street. Okay, good. We got that sorted out. Yeah, it really has. It has been the year of the climate strike. And I'm kind of curious mm-hmm. now what's what it's been like for you kind of interacting with older people mm-hmm. who are very much looking at the climate strike, people who've been in the climate movement for years and years. And I, I asked some people before sitting down with you today, what they want to know from you or what they would say to you. And they just said, hey, it's been amazing what you've done. It's Everything has changed and it's different and there's more energy and excitement in the movement and we're less just, just depressed and we're less mm-hmm. cynical. What does that feel like? Is that is there any kind of weight you're carrying now of expectation? Is, is Are you a little annoyed? It's like, why? Why is it us that have to do this? Or is it kind of like pride? Yeah, hell yeah, yeah, we, we have... <laughs> got this huge boulder starting to move yeah it's definitely both like it puts a lot of weight on people organizing the climate strikes like it's a lot of organizing and work goes into it and that like and particularly like i think that can be seen by people like greta figureheads who are really feeling this on their shoulders i think um and then yeah many in the movement as well 
um, because this all should have been resolved. We should have been able to get down to normal things, mm-hmm. be doing mm-hmm. the other things people should be doing at this age, and yet we normal haven't. Things. We've been... <laughs> yeah, like it's become normal to organise climate strikes yeah. and yeah. this for me, um, which is great. But then again, it's like, yeah, why? Yeah. yeah, the hours that go into it and like people's childhoods have literally yeah. been taken away. But then mm. we have to, I guess, put that into perspective mm. with all the people who are losing their lives because of the mm. issue that we're trying to fight. So. Yeah. yeah. Mm. A lot of, we discussed this a few days ago or a few weeks ago with um, the whole school strike for climate movement. Everyone feels it's really hard because, you know, at such a, at such a young age, you're part of this global movement that's making headlines and, you know, you're in the spotlight. And then it sort of puts you off of your education sometimes. Like, you don't find the sort will. To make it feel important, I guess. Yeah. Mm. You don't, like, it's hard to gather up, you know, the will and the strength to go study after you've taken part in this whole thing and it's hard to find the motivation to keep going and like sometimes you're at a crossroads because you know it's important but then education's important too and how do you find that balance mm. and so it's 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 a struggle sometimes yeah yeah think, yeah well as like one of the things is that as the movement grows as more people are thrown up as people who yeah. can step into like leadership yeah. positions and have the experience of just organizing <laughs> things on their campuses take the, taking those initiatives and mm. stuff like that it does help share the yeah, load that's true yeah. um a lot which i think really helps it is this like double-edged thing where you just like you go to these actions or you spend time trying to build these sort of things and you're just like you want to grab people just like why don't you care yeah. like why don't you care enough to just like yeah. take time off or whatever and they're just like oh no but like my exam's really important yeah. and stuff like yeah. that and you're yeah. like ah but then it's like how do you go to actions like with 150,000 people mm. at it and then have just despair it's like actually when you compare that to even like a year ago when like yeah I've been in going to like climate actions and stuff in Melbourne for like five or six years now. Mm. And it's like, we'd seen nothing like this for Mm. so long. It's like, how do you have despair? It's like, we were at the beginning. This is what it means, Mm -hmm. but actually it's building. Yeah. It's truly amazing how like exponential the growth has been of these. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. And I think when balancing the education and the school strikes, I feel like in this day and age, we don't have the luxury to be ha- live a balanced mm. life. We mm. simply, that's part of it as well. Like we can't, I don't feel like I can have a balanced life because mm. things are so mm. out of balance. That I have to be doing more than I should actually yeah. be to really resolve these issues that we are facing. So I think that's a big thing that's... So you'd said that there had been such exponential growth through the year and there definitely has been. I mean, just the numbers alone, mm-hmm. seven to... 50 to 150,000 people. So that, of course, sets up this next question of this next event, which mm-hmm. is going to, it's going to be smaller. Uh, I only heard about it myself a week or two ago. It's, it's a lot shorter lead time, less advertising time. Mm-hmm. It's a hard time of the year for a lot of people as well. Mm-hmm. Is that okay that this is going to be a smaller event? Is this just a new phase where it goes from being big spectacle to it being kind of this persistent presence, conversational, like, it's not going to be a huge march to the streets. It's going to be a sit down and listen mm-hmm. to stories of people who've survived climate change impacts. Yeah. I think it's incredibly important to have this persistence, yeah. pr- persistent pressure mm-hmm. and presence. Um, and I think that's brilliant that we're seeing that a lot more now. In this last month, we've had like three weeks of 
thoughtful actions and it's been mm-hmm. crazy and we need to keep this going because it's clearly having an impact. Like, mm-hmm. Where's Scott Morrison? <laughs> yeah, well, he... It's so weird. Where is he? Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm glad that even after all the pressure and the stress, we can all have a laugh that we've successfully driven away our country's prime minister. Scott, I just want to talk, Scott. Scott, reach out. I just want to talk. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's... You can use an alias. You can call yourself Harold if you need to. It's okay. (laughs) Yeah. And I guess in regards to November 29, like, Mm. that's... um, We're mainly organising the climate strike here because Mm. the sit-down is the school strike for climate led and i'm now officially not a school student so um leaving that to all today (laughs) as of today so leaving that to the school strikers who are going to do an amazing job Mm. um and that will be amazing that will be very much as i imagine like a sit down to really acknowledge and hear from those victims of the climate crisis to move forward in a more collective mm. manner but yeah before that at 12 p.m we're going to be leading this hopefully it's a huge action um it obviously probably won't be anywhere near as big as um september 20 but we still need anyone who's listening to um try reach out to anyone they know reach yeah and make this thing as big as possible Yeah, because even like actions that are a few thousand people are still not just incredibly important in terms of keeping up momentum, but uh, can be just as loud, just as vibrant, just as disruptive. Invisible. Um, Yeah. Yeah. In August, Uni Students for Climate Justice initiated a, like, it was called a walkout, I think, but it was another kind of climate strike type action where we got out a few thousand people and it was Mm. like you know, helping to build the momentum for September 20 and normalise activism on the campuses. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, we got to kind of tour through the city and bang on <laughs> some windows at, like, nice. some climate criminals and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. so just as much as it's about disrupting the city, it's also getting people used to being activists and doing this sort of stuff as well. So all, all of these things play a really important role for building the movement. So with it being a year to the, pretty much the date on November 29th, what kind of advice would you have for yourself a year ago or these new members taking up the mantle of School Strike for Climate? What have you kind of learned? What what would you tell yourself a year ago as you kind of prepared for the crazy year this has been? And no doubt the crazy year 2020 will be. Mm-hmm. Because that's not the kind of question that ABC or any kind of other, other interviews you're getting, they all want to hear what you're doing and why. They don't want to make the next cohort more efficient and more mm. powerful yeah. and able to yeah. sustain themselves better and but yeah. but I do. Yeah. <laughs> Great. <laughs> For me some of the most important things I've learned through my work with school strike is um one is not going into conversations with the idea that you have to win people over. You I've really tried to be overcoming that idea because it has kind of it was kind of stuck in me at the early of the year I was like this is my view and um wasn't too open but I've really like um I think school strike and working within these movements really helps you to open perspectives and you really have to do that with these groups which is 
which makes it so powerful as well, which makes it helps build the power and strength of these movements because there are so much different perspectives and we have to be able to um, be cool with that and, yeah, be really open, um, listen to others and yeah, we're gonna. There's always gonna be hurdles in the way, and we're just gonna. Yeah, and they might actually be big walls rather than just a hurdle, and um, that's the kind of thing you have to be ready to hit, and you have to have. And I think for me, school strike for climate had always provided a space to like be with other people who think similar things yeah. rather than just being isolated. Um, mm-hmm. So that was very beneficial. But yeah, take a bit of time off if you need to and yeah be open to ideas uh, accept challenges when they come and mm. just be flexible and I think that's Marky you said so many good things there that I, I would really stress that if you're a young person listening to this interview now like go back and re-listen to what Marco said there a couple <laughs> of times because not a lot of that will be relevant until it's the right time and that's what you need to hear mm. but when that clicks with you, that's going to save you a lot of pain and stress. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, like there's a movement full of people and every person is different and has an ego and has a way of talking to them and working with them that's yeah. a, that, that's easy and a way that's not. And yeah, it's what a great school of life experience you've had in the last year. And mm-hmm. um, yeah. how about how about you, Fatima? Now you've kind of made that transition yeah. to... A totally um, different world. I'd say don't take anything to the heart because mm. this whole thing is a game of patience. You know, mm. you don't see change overnight. You see it over time. Because organizing has to do with people and how many people you can get on your side, um, it's really unpredictable because human behavior is really spontaneous and unpredictable. You never know how anyone's thinking or how they go about life. So a lot of the times you have a lot of, I think, silent listeners or like kind of silent people. So they won't like flip the switch until something happens. So Mm -hmm. you can talk to them as much as you want, but maybe down the line, they'll just sort of convert, you know? so I'd say, yeah, just keep patient and just keep going because um, consistency is what got me through everything. Yeah. When we were organizing all the strikes, everyone would always ask us, what's the predicted turnout? And we would just go off of like Facebook numbers, mm-hmm. which is like 10,000. Mm-hmm. And we ended up with like 100,000 or yeah, That's the exact opposite problem everyone yeah. else has when they're <laughs> yeah. planning basically. That's events. so true. <laughs> So, like, I'd say never put anything off. And even Chris Hemsworth went to the... Yeah. Which is so We're fun. Good. Yeah. It was so exciting knowing I'm part of this movement and Chris Hemsworth went there. So. Chris Hemsworth is part of your movement. That's mm. right. Yeah. Exactly. So, you never know. Like, and I would have never known Chris Hemsworth is listening to any of the climate strikes. So, mm-hmm. But he was. And he ended and up thank going. you. Hopefully, yeah. he's listening to this as well. <laughs> Chris, if you hear from ScoMo, let me know. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so I'd say um, whatever patience you put in, it's definitely going to be worth it. Whether mm-hmm. it's overnight or over a couple months, it's your hard work eventually will always mm-hmm. show. That's really good. Excuse this might be a terribly tortured metaphor, but like yeah. if you want to plant a garden and you're like putting seeds down, yeah. you're not going to have your garden grow any faster by keeping throwing seed yeah. at it. You got to like mm-hmm. change tax, start watering it and just mm-hmm. being patient with it. And that's a different type of attention and type of care but yeah you can't just keep throwing and this i'm totally guilty of this i'm sure a lot of listeners are just like 
but but don't you get it? It's so serious. It's mm. just a day off work. What? Mm-hmm. What? Yeah. That transition, like, hey, you know, um, you know, me and me and your other friend are going to this school strike. Mm-hmm. Sometimes a change in <laughs> tactics and yeah, patience is very very well rewarded. Yeah. How about you, Natalie? Have you found the last year in terms of growth and lessons? Um, I think the lesson is you're always capable of more than you think you are, mm. and I think that's especially important for like all the incredible young women we've seen step up to be leaders in this movement people who've spent especially our entire lives being told that this is not our place to be outspoken um you know, see all the sort of hate that Greta Thunberg gets especially mm-hmm. and but actually all of I mean, any woman and any young person really will tell you you're told that you can't be a leader and you should just you know return back to school and mm-hmm. whatever stop having opinions so like you know, it takes a lot to shake that off and to um, get some confidence. And But you, yeah, it's like if you believe enough in what you're fighting for and you've got us people around you that can believe in you and boost that and you just kind of also just give it a go. Yes. And it's like, and if you, you yeah, stuff definitely. something up, you say the, some wrong words or you chant something wrong, it's mm-hmm. like, oh, it doesn't mm-hmm. really matter. Yeah. It's not it's, the end of the world. It's actually endearing in that the relatability mm-hmm. makes it more powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. it's the amazing thing is like after that first strike and I got to interview Maisha, who's mm-hmm. up yeah. there leading that strike. I'm just like, wow, you're a really cool person, but you're just a person. And I'm straight away just like, yeah. wow, this this movement has legs because it's not just a result of a few amazing people. It's a bunch of really just great people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank right. you, Natalie. I think I'd also like to add like you can do so much like with your own groups as well, within your own groups. You don't need to wait for people to organise the next climate strike. Mm -hmm. You can... um, I think that's been something I've learnt and people around me have learnt as well, that we can just get stuff done ourselves. We have to do this because, yeah, yeah, and it's going to be so much more beneficial if we do start just doing stuff. Me and my mates just did these cool actions and they were organised by just four of us and they mm-hmm. got pretty good attention and this is the kind of thing you can do by yourself with a couple mates and you can yeah, do this pretty easily. So And it makes a difference. Yeah. 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 I think um, you mentioned like what advice you would give to new people and mm. I think that's one of the things that's like there's an important role for everyone and whatever mm. you whatever you can do, whatever you can learn, whether that's coming to two hours to a rally or whether that's, you know, putting up some posters or sharing the Facebook event, whatever it is, it's incredibly important. And Mm. it's by having lots of people doing Mm. all of that sort of stuff together, that's actually how we grow. Because you hear Mm. so many people who are like, oh, I I feel like I just can't do enough to, so I'm not going to go at all. And you're like, no, it's like, we just need, like all of us start there. And then like, that's how you get a bit more like, oh, I can find some more time in my life now and I'll have to wait till this is over, but then I can find time or whatever. It's like, just start, just do something. Mm. It's like a rippling effect. Like Mm. with me as well, ever since I started getting involved in the whole climate movement, I noticed that my whole family is like, transition to like without Mm. me saying anything like my mom is so particular on recycling in the house she screams at everyone if we don't recycle properly (laughs) or something like that so and I didn't even have to say anything Mm. and Mm. my mom's actually a primary school teacher Mm. so a huge effect yeah so automatically she's teaching all her Mm. kids how to recycle and everything about the environment and it just it's as I said it's like a rippling effect when you see someone Mm. close to you do something even if it's a small action it just carries on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, yeah. And it's, it's always hard to know who's particular, who that particular person is as well. Exactly. Who's 
really looking out for those actions you're doing. Um, and I think that's been so lovely to see that, yeah, there is these people around who are really are inspired by others and in, and you'll see change in unexpected places. And, yeah, totally. Um, yeah. Two more questions to wrap up here. We're actually meant to be out of here right now. So every <laughs> second you hear us from out now on, I'm stealing time from the Melbourne City Library Service uh, to make it exciting. Um, there will be a lot of adults listening and a lot of parents. And I had the chance the other day to talk to Harriet O'Shea Carre's father, David. And I, I got to ask him kind of what it was like, this experience of, of knowing his otherwise completely normal teenage daughter. I said, like, mm-hmm. look, is it weird that the name Harrison Ford and Leonardo DiCaprio and Greta Thunberg and Harriet O'Shea Carre are of the same caliber to a large sector of our society? Mm-hmm. A subculture, sure. A bubble, sure. But but that that's Harriet. And that's just, that's her daughter. What's that like? And he just said, it, it's it's mind-boggling. and But I, I can't take it on too much. It's It's my daughter. I'm just like... Doing whatever I can to to raise her the best I can in these times. Mm-hmm. So, just thinking about the parents that are out there, what have you kind of appreciated about things your your parents have done, or like what advice would you give to parents out there who are kind of maybe struggling to let their kid go to these things and and take on the part of the mantle of responsibility for the school strike for climate movement? Obviously, it's so different for every different family Mm -hmm. and it's so hard to tell say as in general like I acknowledge that I've been very privileged to have a family and parents who've been very supportive basically from the start I started getting quite involved three years ago they were a bit concerned then um Mm -hmm. they weren't too sure who I was hanging out with and stuff going at these (laughs) events and actions also it's intergenerational Um, so you know as a a parent all of a sudden you're 15, 16-year-old son is hanging out with 60-year-olds since, like... Yes, yeah. that was the start. They're bad influences, um, boomers. <laughs> <laughs> so I would say, like, my parents have, yeah, been really accepting to this. They've mm-hmm. been really understandable why it's so important um, and have made sacrifices themselves for it, which has been amazing. And I think for parents listening, um, just understanding the significance that the climate crisis poses on the people already and the impacts that it will have on um, the youth and the people yet to be born and Mm. how, yeah, and once you kind of acknowledge that, I feel like how can you stop someone Mm. demanding they have a safe future and that people are are uh, given justice around the world who are already impacting, feeling the brunt of it. Um, mm-hmm. Another big thing was once my parents started um, listening and talking more about it, it became much more comfortable in the mm-hmm. household and that became much better for my mental health particularly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think there's like a stigma, like let's not talk about it too much, it's doom and gloom, but mm-hmm. really it did help me to be talking about these issues rather than just going to these meetings and talking about these folk and then like in go secret. home and yeah. Yeah. <laughs> come back and feel like not the people around me weren't mm-hmm. up to mm-hmm. date. But now we're talking about it a lot and it does feel much more supportive because of that. Yeah. Um, and I think, yeah, that's a good message. Excellent. And that's really good practical advice to a lot of parents, actually, who, who don't really know how to both protect their children while raising them ready for this world it's a, it's mm. it's a tightrope what do you think about yeah y- yourselves 
But I'm Natalie for how your parents have influenced you over the last year and mm. in what ways maybe, you know, you could give them advice on what they could do to be more supportive or Yeah. Um my parents when I first started being an activist, they didn't really get it. Mm-hmm. Um There's your daughter gone off to the big city, got I very liberalized. Much, yeah, I here. very much ran away to the city and started going to rallies and mm-hmm. it was always like come home on the weekend they'll be like I saw you on the television. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. But, like, part of it is just, like, I didn't stop. And I didn't, mm-hmm. like, in those first conversations, it was like, all right, you don't get it. But this is something I care about and mm. I'm going to keep doing. And that's, over the last few years, has really become, like, they've not just accepted it because they've sort of had to, but also, like, working towards actually trying to mm. get why I was doing what I was doing. Mm. And um, especially, like... Mm you know, the question of the environment can be something that um, more people are aware of or care about. And, you know, we're from, I mean, uh, we were talking before this, but I'm from the Latrobe Valley, which is a coal mining town where obviously the health effects and environmental effects of coal mining is devastating. And so being able to have that conversation around, you know, our hometown as well kind of opened it up. I think the main piece of advice I would give to parents is just listen listen to your kids and take them seriously. Like, Mm -hmm. especially, you know, we're engaging in politics and thinking critically about the world. We're taking ourselves seriously. And so engage with us on that level. Um, And yeah, it's like, you don't always have to agree and stuff like that, but Mm. just listen. That's really good advice. I've seen it sadly within the family dynamics of people I know. Uh, sadly, people who kind of only feed themselves media diets of Sky News and, mm-hmm. and like far-right Murdoch craziness, mm-hmm. it can sound as crazy to them as their child coming in from the backyard saying, I've just built a rocket ship out of boxes. Yeah. I'm going to the moon now. <laughs> I'd like you to pack me a lunch. And then like you're saying, I want you to take your child seriously. Mm. But um, it it does take some bravery, I think, on behalf of yeah. some parents actually mm. making that decision to listen to their children. And take them seriously. Yeah, that's I guess, really good advice. Yeah, I guess that then gets counted though with like to like activists and people who want to become activists that do have parents that disagree. That mm-hmm. like actually, um, there's an importance in still persevering where you can and where it, mm. where you're able to. Um, and I feel like that's the great thing about these movements. They provide mm-hmm. a space mm-hmm. with similar people with similar mindsets. So it is and has felt like a safe space um and it very much is so so yeah a lot of us have right-wing parents that we will bond with you over (laughs) yes (laughs) that's right yeah yeah for anyone looking to join the movement yeah (laughs) you'll find plenty of commiseration and yeah camaraderie Mm. uh for me i've been very privileged that my parents have sort of always been on my side um however like I'm, I'm a bit, I'm a bit too lucky because I'm from a family of immigrants. So my parents um, were all from Pakistan originally, and usually it's really common to see a lot of people being very conservative, especially when it comes to like a female lead in mm-hmm. the family. So I was a bit afraid of that at the beginning. Like the first rally that I attended was a Stop Adani rally in September 2018, and I didn't want to tell my parents because. For them, you know, rally has a very negative connotation, like mm. a very, like, mm. you know, huge also thing. fear of death. Exactly, or yeah. Or injury to your child. Yeah, because, yeah. like, back home, it's um, it's not very easy to rally mm. and just yeah. go, 
mm-hmm. away, go home and not be touched. Over yeah. here, it's really easy to do that. So at the beginning, yeah, my parents are very scared. They were like, are you going to get arrested? Or is something going to happen to you? Are we mm-hmm. going to, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but then um, I explained everything to them from the beginning to the end. And they're very accepting. You know, the, obviously, it's all facts. It's all science. Mm-hmm. And I'm really lucky that even my extended family is all in. Like my aunts, my uncle, everyone. Awesome. Yeah. So um, at the beginning, yeah, my parents, it was a bit hard to convince them. But then once I started doing stuff and then, for example, they tell my uncle mm-hmm. and everyone would, you know, like uh, mm-hmm. tell my parents, wow, your daughter's doing a really good thing. And my parents would be like, really? Oh, OK. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> and then and then they just started kind of growing with it. And then yeah. as they saw me get more and more involved, they saw that I really cared. It mm-hmm. wasn't just like a phase or like yeah. a it's me being consistently putting in time and effort um and i wouldn't hang out with my friends for weeks because i was too busy with this whole climate stuff so then i think yeah just over time they just like learn to accept and see that it's it's something that's important and needs to be done Mm -hmm. so yeah i'm now nearly 15 minutes over my studio time but i do have Mm -hmm. one final question just because i'm 30 in a few months and i'm rapidly like losing touch with youth and life (laughs) and energy um it's been really cool in the last year since the school strikes especially that we are getting some bigger names some celebrities some people from Mm -hmm. entertainment taking a stand on this stuff getting Mm -hmm. arrested jane fonda Mm -hmm. uh yeah michael c hall from dexter Mm -hmm. i I did not know about mr hemsworth but uh there's also um maddie haley from maddie haley from the 1975 yeah. So they attended the Melbourne strike. Amazing. Yeah. Okay, well, yeah. you're answering my question. Before I can even <laughs> ask it. This is great. Um, yeah, who are some people that you really, like, are chuffed or getting involved with the movement? And then, like, who do you most want to, like, come out as, like, a mm. like, like a closet, someone who cares about the future of our species? That's a weird thing <laughs> to ask for. <laughs> Um, what, do, what do you guys reckon? I, I'll just quickly say for for my own sake that um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Harold Holtz finally enough. <laughs> it's like I have a list, and it's like the entire government. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh yes, um, I I've become a huge fan of Montaigne. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Australian yes. Singer songwriter, Aria uh, award winner. Yes. Yeah, future okay. guest of Climactic, she said yes. I said for each other, agent, and book it in. Nice. But she's here in Melbourne so in a few days, and I'm like, Ooh. yeah, maybe I wait. Wait, <laughs> 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 yeah, I'll wait till I'm in Sydney or oh she's in Melbourne goodness. or something. But, all right, um, whoever would like to start, who's yeah. your favorite, and who who do you want to get? Since Fatima's brought on Chris Hemsworth, <laughs> like who else we got? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm. I've got. <laughs> I've got to think a little bit about this. I'm not Fair too. Enough. Run through, you, know, um, you got you got Jane Fonda for the older yeah. folks. You got like yeah. dancing. It's great. Yes, and Sam uh, Watterson. Yes, the whole crew, <laughs> the whole newsroom crew. Yes. <laughs> Let's like the the lead. Um, what's his name from Dumb and Dumber? Um, oh. yeah, that guy. Ted. Something. Yeah. Let's get the whole newsroom crew. Yeah. That sounds good. <laughs> yeah, I I actually can't say I know. <laughs> Like, all the people I'm really inspired by are the people who are really involved in it. Mm. So, I can't... Yeah, I actually don't know too many celebs. Um, (laughs) This is a good cautionary tale for the the entertainment industry. Like, Mm -hmm. you know what? Activists are our 
folk heroes now. I, you know, they are the celebrities. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I can't actually, like, I can barely think of <laughs> Harriet <laughs> O'Shea Carre. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think, um, like, um, Jenny Mitchell and stuff have been playing Musicians yes, Rising. Yeah. Out of the Flack stuff. Yeah. It's awesome. Really great. Oh, Butler, yeah, like, I guess, oh, like... That boy Slim and the, the, yeah. the Greta remix is, mm. like, mm. ah. Mm. Uh, we had Yo-Yo Ma here this week, and he was. We played that at a panel he was doing. Yeah. It's like everyone's just yeah, like that was amazing. Grooving out so, to yeah. Fat Boy Slim. <laughs> yeah, actually, I guess I've always kind of loved Cat Empire, bec- yeah. particularly oh. because um, my teacher, shout out to Kieran, is <laughs> uh, trombone teacher. So um, yeah, if they could. Wait, wait, your teacher is a member of Cat Empire? He is, yeah. Oh, wow, what the? Um, (laughs) Well, yes, he he has been teaching me during Northgate High trombone. I can't say I've lived up to his (laughs) amazingness. Um, But now he has to live up to yours. (laughs) Yes. Well, yeah, like if Cat Empire could, um, they've already been doing some cool stuff, Mm -hmm. but definitely would love to see them come out a bit more on climate stuff. Uh, well, yeah, you remember, um, there was a bunch of British celebrities that came out during the International Rebellion. Olivia Coleman. I was just like, mm-hmm. I love Olivia Coleman. What, what is she from? Um, she's currently the, she plays the queen and the crown in the new okay. season. <gasps> yeah, yeah. She was in that recent like period drama movie about Queen Anne. Mm-hmm. She's just a British comedian. Oh, I just okay. think she's really wonderful. So this is the warm up to getting the British royal family <laughs> attended. <Yeah. laughs> oh, true. If like we could see the Queen coming out to the With the D lock, like yeah. who who, yeah. who wore it best, Audrey Cook or Queen Elizabeth? <laughs> <laughs> um, but my my list, the person I want, Harry Styles. Oh yes, do it, Harry. He might. He might. I I'm gonna so. when he when he tours. I'm gonna yeah. Oh, we'll take a demander. Just, mm. just take all the signs, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, do he that. does, like, he does other stuff. Like, he's mm. very, like, reasonably outspoken around LGBTI stuff yeah. and racism, and he donates, like, money to charities and stuff mm-hmm. to all his ticket sales. So I think he's a... a feminist a good, as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think he's a good target. Yeah. Come on, Harry. Yes, Harry. And is that, that about it on the, yeah. the the celebrity corner of Climactic? First time we've done that, <laughs> but I just wanted to check in. Is yeah, that, well, is, they do have a huge potential to yeah. influence a huge amount of people. So 100%. definitely, all the celebs listening, um, use the power you've got um, because, sure. and the influence you've got. Yeah, Mr. Gore, um, I, I know you've listened to one of my episodes so far, I'm pretty <laughs> sure. Like, you know, yeah. you've got some mates. You're already working on them. It's okay. Um, <laughs> And it's also really exciting for me to see a bunch of people that I already looked up to have who have already stepped up. Mm-hmm. Like there's a bunch of like I watch F1, so um, there's a few F1 drivers: uh, Lewis Hamilton, Nico yeah. Rosberg. Nico Rosberg is a former uh, f- what's it? Former F1 champion, and he started up this whole thing. Um, it's like a green tech convention, yeah. so it's like showcasing technology for like a greener future. Yeah. And I remember once he was on stage and he held like this Friday for Future sign, and I was just so excited. I was like, That's "Oh my good. gosh!" That's like, so cool. Yeah, so it, it's really cool because it is a slightly conflicting sport. Mm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, but F one plans to go um, zero. What's it? Carbon neutral by twenty twenty five. I think. 
Oh, and they've already got the the electric F one. I always forget what it's called. It's F F something. The I'm not sure. Yeah, they've they've had it for at least a few years now. They've got an electric car F one, which is great because that is like pushing for the R and D of electric cars so much. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, but it is interesting you mentioned that because like Lewis Hamilton, he's um even though he's F one driver, he's vegan and he Mm. advocates a lot for the environment, Mm -hmm. and he tries his best to like go on electric cars whenever he's going from Mm -hmm. one place to another or something like that so it is interesting to see the confliction but it's also nice to see that people despite whatever is going to be thrown at them they're mm-hmm. still trying to push yeah. forward and mm-hmm. do what they can yeah and it is great that, yeah. that from within systems we are seeing people wanting more exactly. and better mm-hmm. fantastic well thank you so much for your generosity with your time we've gone <laughs> well <you>. over <laughs> um, the heavies the toughs at melbourne library you're about to come kick us out so i better get going <laughs> Uh, we'll see you on the streets on November 29th sure. in Melbourne see or you wherever there. you live. Definitely. 12 uh, p.m. State Library mm-hmm. and then 2.30 Parliament House. We'll get a bunch of links in the show notes. But yeah, schoolstrikeforclimate.com is a place to go for the main site. And yeah, check out events and follow, check out Facebook mainly from there. Mm-hmm. All right. Thank you so much. Have thank a good you. one. Thank see you. See you on the streets. Yes. See ya. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. You've been listening to Climactic, the flagship podcast of the Climactic Collective, a podcast network dedicated to lifting the voices of the climate community. You can find out more about the people behind Climactic and all the shows we produce at climactic.fm. We are a social enterprise podcast network, and we greatly appreciate your support. You can find a link to our Pausable where you can support us directly in the show notes of this episode or from our website. Thank you for listening, and from the whole Climactic Collective, keep up the great work and take care of each other in these climactic times. The Climactic Collective This show is produced by Hear Media a boutique audio agency in Narm, Melbourne. To learn more and get in touch, head to hearmedia.studio. That's H-E-R-E media.studio.